Hello, hello, hello. I am your Zach Young, hostess with the most is Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to Oh god, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. Goosebumps. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the most is Munoz. And I don't want a Christmas to be here so freaking Soon. What did I tell you? I hate to say I told you so, but what I am F told you so. Not two days after Halloween, and we are already, Mariah already released the video. Oprah's favorite things are on the on the list. I'm getting um, commercials for a Christmas Carol. There's just I. Uh, we are in full swing. It's full swing, and I am not here for it whatsoever. Oh my God. You know what, folks? I have to get on a soapbox really quick. And if you're hearing a little bit more noise these days on the podcast, it's because some douchebag of a city planner or something decided to change the traffic pattern in an already congested Times Square. So now it funnels and bottlenecks right outside my apartment, which ends up having the ambulances get stuck, the fire trucks get stuck, everybody's honking. It's it's a mess. I don't know who decided that this was a good idea, but it's a terrible idea. And they created more pedestrian walk space, but what's in the pedestrian walk space is now construction items. The bikes are still in the pedestrian um walk space. There's police cars there. So it's not really pedestrian walk space. It's just like storage. So dumb. I'm so mad, right? Because just when you thought a loud area couldn't get louder, um, it, it, it did. It did. And I guess it's my own fault for choosing to live here because it's my choice. And I understand that it's my choice and the part that I play in it. Thank you to all of you therapists out there. But this was a stupid move. <laughs> this was a stupid move. I chose Zach Young at the beginning because that queen is always busy. Always, always busy. And I feel like October was a crazy, crazy busy month for me with putting out all these videos, with the release of Easy Bake Battle. For those of you who are continuing to send me all the love, on the socials. Um, I love you out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those of you who have stopped me in the street and said nice words, 
oh my God, it warms the cockles of my heart. Even in Provincetown, when I was dressed as Grandma Yetta, someone picked me out of the crowd and was like, hey, it's you, I love you. And so shout out to you, all of you out there showing me all the love. But I need to get to the getting on today, folks. There's no guest only because I had to move this week's guest because the Ali Forney Center asked me to be part of a video project that they're doing to help these LGBT homeless youth. Um, and so I could not turn that down, which um, resulted in me having to push this week's guest, unfortunately. But it was for a good cause, and I can't wait for you to meet this week's guest next week, and I'm so excited to have her on. I've been waiting for this moment for a little bit now, and so she's coming to us all the way from India, too. So that's really exciting as well. I'll be up at the ass crack of dawn for the interview, and I'm really excited to have her on, but I was also excited to partner with Ali Forney, which is an organization that I support and I love dearly, and I can't wait to share that video project with you so that you can hop on board, little children. But let's get to the getting on, and in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, I need to wish y'all out there, Happy National Deviled Egg Day! Yum. Deviled eggs. Deviled eggs are controversial. I recently heard that Bon Appetit magazine deemed deviled eggs hot girl food. And <laughs> when I think of hot girls, I certainly don't think of deviled eggs and perhaps the gas that could ensue from them. But apparently, I'm looking at this Bon Appetit article right now, and it was released in early October that this, they have deemed this the year of the fancy deviled egg. I love a deviled egg, but like I said, they're controversial. I know people who are really grossed out by eggs, especially deviled eggs. You know, the, the cooking of the egg and then the sitting of the egg and then, you know, the taking out the yolks and mixing it with stuff and then putting it back in the egg. I love a deviled egg, a fried deviled egg. Oh my God, delicious. Cover it in panko. And, but people, people are really, really grossed out by deviled eggs, y'all. But I mean, happy national deviled egg day to you all. How do you all out there feel about deviled eggs? You know, a truffled deviled egg. Oh, delicious. Some deviled eggs with like a little bit of like smoked salmon and like some roe or some caviar. Oh my God. It couldn't, but I'm, I'm an egg stan. I, I love eggs. I could eat eggs all day long in many forms in whatever way they come. I love eggs so much. So, and I'll also, I did a hot girl egg video for, for a brand out there. And I don't know when they, if they released it. I'll, I'll share that with y'all, too, if it ever comes out. I'm really excited to see that. But, I mean, no matter what you celebrate out there, whether it's deviled eggs, um, vegan eggs, or or these sexy eggs, or, you know what, pantyhose that used to come in an egg, we celebrate you <laughs> this day. Now, that was a reference for you old queens out there. Some legs, honey. And moving right along into this day in gay history. Did y'all know out there that in 1977, Sage 
Senior Action in a Gay Environment is founded in New York City with the goal of improving the lives of LGBTQ seniors. And shout out to one Dan Pelosi, Grossi Pelosi, who does um, a charity event through his merch that helps support our LGBTQ seniors and Sage. Um, he usually releases the line in batches every, I think it's probably, he'll release it again for Christmas. It's called This Too Shall Pasta. You can go out and support him at danpelosi.com or on um, Instagram at Grossi Pelosi and help support our LGBTQ seniors. I guess it is the holiday season because first I mentioned Ali Forney and next I'm mentioning This Too Shall Pasta. And if you know me at all, the holidays are all about giving back, whether it's Operation Santa or Out of My Closet or Trans Santa or This Too Shall Pasta or just donating to places like Ali Forney or The Trevor Project. I am here for that. And you know what? Listen, if you follow, if you're a homosexual out there, a part of the LGBTQ community, I bet you've seen the old gays on Instagram and they made the Out 100 list and they were on the cover of Out magazine uh, saying that life starts after 65. And although I don't love their the name, the old gays, because I'm like, why do they got to be the old gays? Why can't they be like... I don't know. I personally think there's a better name for them, but I love that they're living their lives and I love, I fully support them. And you know what? We got to support our, our forefathers and the people who paved the way for us. And Lord knows I'm heading to that LGBTQ, you know, retirement home any day now. So <laughs> I need your support. So we honor you on this day. 1977 though, like, I didn't realize that Sage was that old, folks. So shout out to all of our LGBTQ seniors still dipping and doing out there and living their lives. So today's going to be a short one, y'all, because I got food videos to make. I got podcasts to edit. I got, I don't know. She's, uh... She's on the up and up and exhausted already, but very, very grateful for it all. Should we talk about Thanksgiving? Uh, I know. We're in November, y'all. What are we what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we are we planning? Are we traveling? Are we cooking? Do we want to do traditional? Do we not want to do traditional? Have I talked about the year that I did? Thanksgiving, but all in Chinese takeout theme, like American Chinese takeout theme. I used to th I used to throw something called Big Gay Thanksgiving back in the day when I used to run my blog. And it would be anywhere from like 13. I think the most I served was 22 people at once. And the stipulation was I made all the food because I just wanted to make all the food. And they brought all the booze, you know? And I started it because after my parents got divorced and my father is one of 10 kids and we used to have these big Thanksgivings and these big family gatherings and then that kind of withered down to nothing. And I missed the tradition and I missed the Martha Stewart of it all. And I just I just missed, missed that whole big family. And, you know, on the heels of actually this Ali Fournay video that I did, this Ali Fournay project, I should say, that I did. We were we talked a lot about chosen family, and 
you know, bringing chosen family for us as LGBTQ people is super important because sometimes they're our only lifeline if our own family do not accept us. And I'm very blessed in that way that I, I have both, but it's not beyond me that a lot of people out there are struggling. And with the holiday seasons upon us, it's a, it's an uphill battle for those people who don't have the family out there to support them and are still trying to find their way and still trying to find their chosen family. And, you know, the holidays and the impending, the impending lead up to the holidays can be really, really difficult for some people. And so I started, I started Big Gay Thanksgiving to kind of create my own Big Gay Martha Stewart Thanksgiving. And it would be friends from like my theater life, friends from my New York City life, friends from all over the place. And I would try to find somebody, you know, random. I would call them the humdinger that maybe I just met or maybe it was a hookup or something that had no place to go, a straggler, you know, that had no place to go for Thanksgiving that I would invite to the table. And then I would do a seating where I would try to place the introverts next to the extroverts and, you know, separate boyfriends if there were boyfriends and, you know, just like kind of really mix the table up so that it would foster a different sort of vibe and uh, conversation and friendship. So that way it wouldn't be clicky. And my favorite part about Big Gay Thanksgiving, and I'll get to the food in a second, was that we always had dreams of grandeur, of like hitting the streets. We're going to we're, we're young, gay and fabulous. We're going to have this fabulous meal, clean it up and then go out for a night on the town. And the best part was is that the event was just so good and so together and so so contained and fun. And plus, we were stuffed, Jesus, that uh, nobody wanted to leave. And whew, cooking, a, cooking a full three-course meal out of this 120 square feet was a feat in itself, honey. It took me four days to do. One day to shop one day to prep, and two days of full cooking, uh, this tiny apartment would be destroyed. And But it was all worth it. And one year, or, or the option was I would travel to a friend's kitchen, but I'm, th- I'm the only person that I know. I have more cooking apparatus in this, or apparatus in this 120 square feet than I than most of my friends do with semi-normal kitchens in this city. So I would, I have transported full kitchens from Times Square to Queens to fancy hotels to all over the place. It's insane. But one year I decided to do um, my big gay Chinese takeout Thanksgiving because kind of was bored with traditional Thanksgiving. So the idea was to take traditional Thanksgiving foods and put them in a Chinese, an American Chinese takeout sort of style. And I didn't tell anybody. And um, we did, I did with the help of my best friend and sous chef, um, not a real sous chef, Michael Bragg, who's been on the pod before, we did pork and apple and onion um, dumplings. We did a winter vegetable lo mein that had like Brussels sprouts and butternut squash and lo mein noodles and soy and pomegranate, um, pomegranate molasses. Oh my God, so good. I brined the turkey in 
soy and lemongrass and ginger and all these things. And then I served it with um, a General Sal's dipping sauce and a teriyaki dipping sauce. There was all sorts of things. And then uh, we did we did pumpkin pie wontons for dessert. It was really fabulous. And and when people came to the table and there were chopsticks and Chinese to-go containers and things, they were like, what is happening? This isn't Thanksgiving. And it, it really worked out. It really, really, really worked out. It was a lot of work. But the payoff was really, really, really incredible. I forget the rest of the menu right now because I'm just you know, stream of consciousness talking here. Um, but if you're doing Thanksgiving and you're kind of tired, I guess the point is that is that if you're doing Thanksgiving and you're tired of traditional or, you know, you want to kind of jazz it up a little with a little traditional and a little something new but still Thanksgiving-esque, you know, that's a great way to think out of the box. And maybe I'll post, maybe that's a video I need to post of like, a winter lo mein and and things like that um, because that would be delicious. I, I think that would be delicious. Would you all like that? I, I think you would. You know, uh, I have things up my sleeve to post. It's just that these videos take time. And, you know, um, I have to tear apart. I know I'm complaining. Woe is me. My God, you're so popular now that you have to tear apart your tiny apartment to film all these things. But y'all have to remember, this podcast takes hours a week to do. Those videos take hours. Those 30-second videos take hours to do. Um, I have a full-time job that I'm figuring out. But it's a blessing. It's a blessing, and I'm happy to do it, and it brings me so much joy. I'm figuring it out, the balance, still. After all these years, it's so interesting in figuring out the balance of doing this food life and having my own life and not burning out. Because remember, I started in 2009. And, you know, keeping a day job and, you know, keeping my employers happy and... You know, trying to find love in a hopeless place because it is cuffing season <laughs> and all the things. You two can have it all and juggle it and and do all the things. And so I'm looking forward to your Thanksgiving ideas. Send me things, folks. Y'all y'all came out of the woodwork for the show. I need y'all to come out of the woodwork now for the podcast and and talk to me because... I really, really enjoy the interaction. Um, you know, some of the sassy interaction, too, that I've gotten. People dipping their toes in the water to see to see if I'm receptive <laughs> to their advances has also made me laugh a little. Um, keep them coming. I am so blessed to have y'all and have y'all, to have all of y'all's support out there. And I'm saying y'all a lot today. Um, I don't know where I picked that up. But <laughs> it's really, really, really great. Provincetown uh, this past weekend, before I cut out to the break, was a much-needed break after all the, um, all the craziness that October was for me. Uh, I, if you haven't seen my Grandma Yetta costume, it was a hit, because y'all know, y'all again, because everyone knows I'm a big fan of the nanny, second to... The Golden Girls, and so um, that was a lot of fun. I didn't have, come to think of it, I don't know if I had any seafood while I was in Provincetown. No oysters, no lobster rolls. That was a mess, but, you know, it's always so nice to go back to these 
to these gay meccas that like have some sort of magic to them, you know, and that's something I probably should explore on the podcast, perhaps with somebody as a homosexual chef from uh, Provincetown. One was supposed to come on, but they backed out uh, for whatever reason, because, you know, closing up the season in Provincetown, seasonal work, that's hard in itself. But like there's there's a very specific type of magic that these towns have that is some sometimes inexplicable from food to to just aura um and it's very healing in a certain way and with that too there's a lot of um massachusetts weed is legal and i'm trying to cut back on the booze not only you know just because new york city thrives is a booze city everything's centered around booze but also just because it's too much, y'all, and the uh, the weight alone that you gain from it, and and the face issues, and all sorts all sorts of things, even down to clarity of mind. Just trying to cut back on it all, and the weed journey that I went on in P Town was great. If if you partake, please do it legally and responsibly. But I need to get on with somebody too. I need to find a queer chef that's only cooking with weed because it's a trend that's happening and that has been happening. But I think now that as more of these states legalize the the cannabis, I think we're going to be seeing more of it. And I'm a lightweight, but it certainly curbs the drinking because you pop this edible, you're good, you have a drink, you feel good, you don't feel crazy, no hangover. I'm I'm a big fan, you know, and it's a nice vibe, and all you do is want to dance and laugh and and be with people and commune, and that's that's really what I'm about. And isn't that what the holiday seasons <laughs> are all about, folks? Isn't that what it's all about? I'm going to leave it there, and you know what? Take a little water break and take you out to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the pod when I come back. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, y'all. I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something I like to call food news update. Food news. Food news. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. A woman goes viral for making recipes from gravestones. Says they're to die for. (laughs) A little residual Halloween food news update for y'all. I kind of love this. First and foremost, I didn't even realize that people put recipes on their headstones. But I'm not surprised. People put all sorts of funny things on their headstones. I know there's a famous one out there. I think it's maybe even in Princeton, New Jersey that says, I told you I was sick. There's all sorts of 
funny, funny things. And I love I love dead people with a sense of humor. And now I even love dead people with a, with a good culinary palate, is what I should say. <laughs> oh, my God. A recipe for spritz cookies is etched into a into the gravestone of a woman named Naomi Odessa Miller Dawson, who has been buried at Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York, since she died in 2008 at 79 years old. So this recipe appealed to a woman by the name of Rosie Grant, a digital librarian living in the Washington, D.C. area. And she's been on this journey for quite some time. And while she was finishing her degree in library science, the class she was taking had her create a social media account to learn firsthand how networks work. She was also interning in the archives of the Congressional Cemetery in the district. And apparently that's the eternal home to such historic figures as uh, J. Edgar Hoover, John Philip Sousa, and a whole lot of senators. And one of her professors was like, why don't you combine these two parts of your studies. And that's when she created her TikTok account called Ghostly Archive, which started as a school project and then became this big thing, especially when she discovered these gravestones with recipes on them. And, um, you know, a lot of these recipes on these gravestones just are recipes but don't have directions. And so the first one was for spritz cookies, but all it was was ingredients. So she had people writing into her about how she was supposed to do it, how she's not supposed to do it, you know, how the internet is. And I, I'm obsessed. I, I really, really love all of this. She says at one point, there's no instructions, so I'm guessing a lot. If a sugar cookie and a shortbread cookie had a baby, they're to die for... You know, she's new to the whole baking scene, uh, let alone baking from literal cryptic recipes forever emblazoned onto someone's final resting place. So a lot of her viral journey has been spent troubleshooting as she and learning as she goes. Uh, she says, I didn't know what a spritz cookie was at first, so I cooked it kind of like a sugar cookie. And then the internet, like, you know, took hold of her. And, and so, like, I love this. You know, she's gone on to make fudge, and a few weeks ago, she says a woman reached out, to, and her mother has a savory cheese dip recipe on her gravestone, which is so good, and um, apparently she messed that one up, too, because the internet loves to tell you, why is that? Why do people feel the need? People have been sliding into my uh, into my comments with rude things, too, and I, I love a clapback, but I mean... I don't know why y'all got to be so... Why you got to be so... Yep. <laughs> Do we need to go, like, cemetery hunting for recipes now? Is that, like, the new trend for the rest of the year, for the holidays? Maybe we could find Grandma Ida's stuffing balls or, you know, Uncle Fred's... Um, you know, turkey brine. <laughs> oh, my God. Shout out to Today Food, by the way. Today.com uh, food section for this article. I, I was simply fascinated. And 
You know, I wish I had enough time to do this, is what I wish. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it, and I'm here for Rosie Grant's journey for sure. Suspects arrested, accused of stealing $9 million in frozen meat. <laughs> My God. <laughs> the alleged thieves made off with entire semi-trucks full of beef and pork. I mean, what? What? Now, you all know out there, and if you don't know, you are about to. I love a beef thief, all right? Because I think it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. And Lord knows I've put away a sausage or two in my in my time. Mm. <laughs> but this is really no laughing matter. First and foremost, what are you doing with all that meat? Is this I, I guess black market meat is a thing. I guess I guess black market meat is a thing. I mean so earlier this year, and thank you to Food and Wine for keeping me in the know, not a sponsor. But earlier this year, five law enforcement agencies in Nebraska started comparing notes and developing a strategy to catch whoever had been helping themselves to thousands of pounds of frozen meat from beef plants throughout the state. On one occasion, the then unidentified thieves used fraudulent documents to make off with 40,000 pounds of beef from a JBS beef plant. While on another, they stole multiple tractor trailers containing $500,000 worth of meat from a different JBS plant. They're removing the GPS uh, trackers on from the trailers and have the acumen to know how to operate the truck and where to find the trailers. It's somebody who has been involved in the industry. Grand Island Police Captain... Jim During told Agriculture News Outlet, The Fence Post, I do have a theory these are not local criminals. I just want to know what they're doing with all of this meat. I mean, they have to be selling it to someone, right? Or sell, going door to door, like back door to back door to like restaurants. But then how do you know like the meat's been kept fresh and whatnot? I mean, this is... This is crazy. In its own news release, the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office said that it had identified 45 related thefts that had taken place in Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. Altogether, those thefts involved a loss of $9 million worth of beef and pork. That's insane. That's insane. I mean, a gay man's dream, right? <laughs> I I I just don't know what what to say and this has to be in my mind this has to be a lucrative a lucrative business for you to go through all the trouble of of stealing the meat and then reselling the meat and you have to keep the meat cold I guess you have to keep the meat cold. I guess they, they won't know. But that, that makes me question, like, where is our meat coming from? And I mean, do we need to bring Jane Velez Mitchell back? Because <laughs> she'd have a lot to say about this, I'm sure, and why we shouldn't be eating meat in the first place. Yet another reason. I mean, wow. 
Wow, 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 guys. Wow. Um, well, I'm glad they caught these thieves because we don't we don't endorse thievery of any kind on this podcast. But I still want to know, I'm still curious about the inner workings of this all. And maybe, is there a Netflix documentary out there that I should be watching? Can somebody, can somebody tell me about this? But again, like, are we going out to restaurants with stolen meat in them? And then how is that meat being kept? I mean, I've been watching a lot of Kitchen Nightmares, old episodes of Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares, because y'all know I love and to watch dive deep into an old nonsensical series. And that watching deep diving into kitchen nightmares combined with my 20 some odd years in hospitality has really set me over the edge when I'm walking into restaurants and like recognizing problems. And I'm I'm a good patron, I promise you. But I it, it's already stress inducing. And now this. Forget it. This is the icing on the cake, y'all. This is the icing on the cake. I am not here for beef thieves whatsoever, but I am here for the police doing their job and catching these mofos. And last but not least, speaking of restaurants, the Golden Girls pop-up restaurant is coming to New York City. Yes, guys. And you know... I am one of the biggest Golden Girls fans out there. Um, I love this. So there is a Golden Girls kitchen that happened in the Los Angeles area that the events platform Bucket Listers made happen. And now they are slated to run this month in New York City. Build as a fully immersive pop-up restaurant that takes fans of all ages to 1980s Miami, safely transporting them into the world of their favorite golden gals. How exciting is this? Now, I'm curious if the guy who, I think his name is Michael too, who opened the original Golden Girls restaurant way uptown, who then shut it down and had all these weird allegations against him as well, but who was also Rue McClanahan's best friend. I wonder if he has any uh, involvement in this. So, I don't know, but I'm really excited, and I already bought my ticket, but I'd go twice if they want to invite me for, like, a pre-release for sure. So this ticketed fast casual restaurant will give customers a reserved seat and guaranteed 90-minute window for dining entree and cheesecake included i i mean so we need to start with the old golden girls restaurant because the old golden girls restaurant here the cheesecake was trash i said it there i said it the cheesecake was trash so i hope that bucket listers got their cheesecake game like together and then there's so many other, like, recipes they can, like, they can play with. So I'm really, really curious to see. But I will say that the food at the other place was not good. So menu options for this place include items like Sofia's La- lasagna al forno, the lanai, a Miami-style Cuban sandwich. Mm, all right. I don't know how I feel about it. Blanche's Georgia-style cookie okay and the bacon lettuce and potato sandwich say it fast yep 
And cheesecake varieties include chocolate, strawberry, pumpkin, and Oreo. All right. All right. All right. Let's dissect here. Lasagna al forno. Great. The lanai, a Cuban sandwich. I see where they're going, but mm, they should have done enchiladas because that was from the first episode. Enchiladas rancheros. Um, right? They could have done that if they wanted to do something Miami style, even though enchiladas are Mexican. I know, but we're pulling recipes from the show. Blanche's Georgia style cookie. Um, no, she, she's been caught eating gummy bears. They could have done something with that. She's been caught eating salads or crudite. They could have done like a Blanche's salad. They should have done a whole like roses, uh, so standing in the kitchen, got a gun of stuff and chicken. That's what it is. Like my mama taught me. They could have done Rose's chicken. Um, and as far as the cheesecake goes, chocolate is good. Oreo is good. They needed something with the chocolate sauce. Strawberry and pumpkin. Mm, they could have done an original cheesecake, but it was mainly always, if I remember correctly, always chocolate. Or Ori- always Oreo or always like regular with something in it. And then, or you can upgrade to the Sparrowhoven Krispies, which I love that they did this, which includes cheesecake, strawberries, and chocolate ice cream. All the things that, yeah, delicious, delicious. Cocktails and mocktails will also be available. Yes. Um, They go on to say, Bucket Listers is honored to bring the Golden Girls Kitchen to Manhattan after a sold-out run in L.A. CEO and founder Andy Letterman stated, The opportunity to give its diehard fans a deeper appreciation for the show's lasting legacy has been a dream come true. Yep, there's obviously all these Instagrammable moments. It's everything you would think. I just really hope the food is good. And if they're like... Doing Instagrammable moments that, like, it's well done. Yeah, I'm really curious. I, you know, because I just need it to be right. I need it to be right for, for the Golden Girl lover in my heart. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And look, the, the company plans to bring it to many other places as well. So if you're not in New York or not traveling to New York during this time over the next two months, because I think it starts... Um, I think it starts like mid-November, this month sometime. Um, They're going to bring it all over the place. So take a look for it. And with that, I think that's the best way to end food news update. Oh, my God. I, I just felt like I sounded like that girl, that character from Big Mouth. If you're not watching Big Mouth, it's hysterical. But um, <laughs> it's that girl that talk, talks like theirs. <laughs> I have a missed opportunity uh, in voiceover cartoons, for sure. Oh, my God. I went on a voiceover cartoon, cartoon audition once many moons ago. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I had never been in a studio before. Talk about nerve-wracking. And the only thing I was, uh, I was supposed to say was, Yo soy el capitán. And obviously I didn't get it, but um, (laughs) that just triggered a memory of them tapping on the glass and telling me to put on the headphones. Oh, if they could see me now. Well, folks, today has been a great day. And once again, where does the time go? 
on these things? Where does the time go? I have no idea. I said it was going to be short, and here we are almost at 40 minutes. Well, I'm going to leave you at that. Um, please send me mes- please send me messages on, on the Instagram or via my email. Tell me things you'd like to see. Uh, if you haven't seen the show yet, it's Easy Bake Battle on Netflix. It's really, really fun. It's a nice shift to the, you know, Great British Bake Off, bake off of it all. Um, it's a really, really fun show. I love all my competitors. They are so fun, too. My fellow contestants, shout out to y'all out there. I just did a live with, you know, Andy Burrell last week. Um, Anna Senga Howell was on. I'm hoping to do something with Giselle. I mean, these people are great. We are a family. I love them. Stay tuned. There's so much in the works. Oh, my God. There's so much in the works, and there's something coming out on Hulu and ABC for the holidays, too. Can you believe it? I could talk about that one. That one's related to all the Operation Santa slash the Dear, so- De- slash the Dear Santa documentary that I did a couple years ago um, that came out, what, two winters ago? Two Decembers ago? You could find that streaming, too. It's called Dear Santa. Um, so many good things happening, and I really couldn't be here without the support and help of my family, Chosen, and Blood, and all my friends, but especially all of you who I don't know out there who randomly come up to me in the street or randomly send me a message of support or or randomly say, hey, Michael, or hey, Munoz, it would have you met so-and-so? They'd be really great on the pod. Because, you know, as long as you're fun and have great vibes, I'm not chasing people with, like, a million followers. I'm chasing, like, great people doing interesting things out there. So hit me up, y'all, and... Here we go. It's sweater weather if you're in a cold climate. And if you're not, well, maybe I dislike you for this month because I, I love the sun and the beach. Take care of yourselves out there. Give, a, give your girl a follow, a shout out, a retweet, uh, whatever they call it, a TikTok like. Uh, don't find my MySpace. I don't even know if it still exists. And other than that, all I have to say is thank you for listening to In Yo One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.